Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The FT. I was recently asked, what if I could spend £10 million on art from a single era or movement, would I choose? With little hesitation, I replied, surrealism. Then added, only if I can also include Dada. This came as a surprise, and that surprise in turn surprised me. And so I got to thinking, for a child of this modern age, surely surrealism, so contemporary in its ideas, theories and politics, is an obvious choice. Surrealism is so much a part of our visual vocabulary that it is almost overlooked. In the 1920s, it was necessary, no, essential, to forge a unity between rationality and the subconscious. It is a shame that we have lost touch with that, but the sense of anarchy it brought to art is still very much with us. I am tempted to add Louise Bourgeois' late work to the mix. Bourgeois paved the way for today's artists, who owe so much to the model of surrealist thought. It manifested in the shock of the punk era, preempted Tracy Emin's installation work, and contextualized the comedy of Monty Python and the Mighty Boosh. Surrealist imagery is bizarre and fantastic. That much we know. But the movement's most valuable contribution was that it shattered ideas of what is reasonable for an artist to do. Could Mark Quinn have created a sculpture of his head out of his own blood if it were not for surrealism? Could Sarah Lucas stuff tights with cotton to resemble female limbs if it weren't for surrealist grandfather, Hans Bellmer? So why has there been such a dearth of surrealist and Dada exhibitions? Last year's Magritte retrospective at MoMA was, rather shockingly, the first show to focus exclusively on the artist's breakthrough years into surrealism. British museums have barely scraped the surface. Only a spotlight show on forgotten Dardarist Hannah Hock at London's Whitechapel Gallery and an artistic survey of Leonora Carrington, who wasn't really a surrealist, comes to mind. Tate last approached the question of surrealism in 2001, rather tentatively, with its exhibition Desire Unbound, which followed a rather libidinous thematic organisation. I was seven at the time, and Belma's mutilated dolls did not intrigue as they do now, Barbie dolls were more my thing. But looking back, to construct an exhibition around the theme of desire, situating surrealism as its artistic apex, seems extremely problematic. Art without desire is an impossibility. Who is Peter Paul Rubens with his fleshy bodies or even Marcel Duchamp with his sexy fountain without the basis of desire? It was too easy for Tate to make a show about surrealism all about sex and keep all the trance-induced drawing and giant Freudian eyeballs to a merciful minimum. Since then, for more than 13 years, surrealism has stagnated. It is also too easy to excuse this on the grounds that surrealism didn't really happen in Britain. We only started to wake up bleary-eyed in the summer of 1936 with London's International Surrealist Exhibition, 
teacups filled with boiled string were distributed to the crowds. Salvador Dali gave a lecture in a diving seat, while a soundtrack of monologues and alarm bells was interrupted by André Breton proclaiming the revolution of the mind. But by then, clock faces drooping over table ends like fried eggs and female backs metamorphosed into musical instruments was already old hat. Dali, still one of the most relevant figures for us now, cleverly commented on emerging consumerism, notably before Warhol, by embodying it. He designed the Chupa Chups logo and parodied his own character in chocolate commercials. In a sense, surrealism was all about ego and extreme individualism, and so speaks quite directly to my generation, who constantly strive for uniqueness and individuality. Lady Gaga, though increasingly passé, was, at her peak, deeply surrealist, both in performance and in her own self-regard. The surrealists ruptured tradition and jolted society, and the issues they explored are echoed in today's debate. Rose Selevi, Marcel Duchamp's female alter-ego, tackled sex and gender and spoke of performative identity and the freedom of sexuality, which is of particular importance in a time when figures such as fashion model André, now Andrea Pajic, Orange is the New Black star Laverne Cox and Eurovision winner Conchita Wurst bring transgender issues to the fore. Admittedly, surrealist works do not have the same effect now. They are dulled by over-familiarity. What once drew gasps now draws eye rolls and metaphorical yawns as the outrageous has become sanctified by respectable scholarship. But even if surrealism no longer terrorises, its themes regularly take on fresh life in advertising, fashion editorials, films and computer games. The patriarchs of surrealism may have gone, but the movement is not entirely extinct. So... After much deliberation, I elaborated on my answer like this. No other art movement addresses so wholly and unashamedly the dark beast of humanity and the multiplicitous contradictions of contemporary society. Duh. For more downloads, go to ft.com forward slash podcasts.